We would like to give a special shout out to our patrons from Patreon, Edward Wagner and Ruth the Horned Witch, who are both ritual tier. Oh, thank you both so much. We really appreciate your support. Welcome back to the Legendary Handbook Podcast. I'm Cordy. Ellie? Oh, oh, shit. Are we starting? I'm Ellie. If you were with us last week, welcome back. And if you're tuning in for the first time, go back and listen to the first four episodes. I promise you, this will not make sense right off the bat. But if you're insistent on only listening to this episode, we were sent a strange book in the mail, and it has the name of a missing relative within it, but... I do not know if this missing relative is the one who sent it. Ellie? Hello? Oh, oh, God, sorry. Uh, we also gave our names to this book, but the faithful haven't come for our souls yet, so I think we're okay. Well, that, I mean, remains to be seen. Are you okay? Yeah, I just... I had a really strange dream last night. And remember that Mel warned us about strange dreams? Oh my god. Are are you did what happened in it? Do, do you remember? Like uh, yeah, kind of. I I was wandering through the woods and it was gray and misty out and there was a woman's voice calling me. And I was following the voice like I as if I knew who it was, but I've never heard this voice before. Somehow though, dream me knew who it was, if that makes sense. That's really weird, Ellie. Especially because the book has warned us about walking through the woods. I know. That's why I'm trying very hard not to spiral into a full-blown panic attack right now. Okay, but nothing else happened in the dream, right? Not that I can remember. Well, that's good. Maybe it was just a dream. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. Our dreams really are just our subconscious trying to work out the contents of the day. Yeah, and since we've been reading from a weird and fantastical book, it makes sense that you dream about it. Speaking of the book, why don't we open it up? In this strange and wonderful book, there are several thousand entries on how to do things. Each week, one of us will pick three entries within the book, and the other one will pick one entry that we read. Last week, we had an impromptu special guest, my best friend, Mel, who picked the entry we read, but Ellie picked the three. Which means that it is Cordy's week to pick. And so we begin. It is currently 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. As far as the book goes, it is... Delta Pentacle 18? Oh, yeah. The book has its own clock built in. Like I said, for this to make sense, go back and listen to the first four episodes. I promise. We will continue to make references to things that will not make sense if you don't. What Ellie said. Uh, So this week, our entries are... Losing the Trail... How to Prevent Being Followed, page 816, section 
theta. Also known as the way every single femme-presenting person lives their lives trying not to be followed around by creepy men. (laughs) That's true. But you know, I bet this book definitely doesn't have any advice about that. This is... Oh, oh no, wait. It has a subtitle. Spy Evasion and Unnamed Entries, How to Proceed with Each. (laughs) Wait, entries or entities? Ah, entities. You're correct. Oh, entities. Yeah. Well, I mean, creepy men are indeed unnamed entities. (laughs) The facts are these. Next entry. Let's see. Rule of threes. Your third wish and how to use it. Page. Uh, wait. Uh, it says page 35 and a half. So this book has half pages. Ellie, this thing has its own clock that has moving hands and impossible images and words and half pages and non-pages and lost pages and who knows what other kind of pages. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Pick the last one. Alrighty. Um, oh wait, what about the potions one? We almost read it for Mel. Oh yes. Let's read that one. The seasons are finally changing again after a summer of what feels like it went on for far too long. Does anyone else feel that way? I guess I'm just a hot cider and cozy sweater kind of gal. The sunshine is nice, but I'll take a cool and misty autumn morning over a clear afternoon at the beach any day. Oh, this is so not me. You know I love the beach. Yeah, no, this is way more. Way more me. Oh, yeah. You know I have (laughs) way too many hats. Oh, yes. So (laughs) many hats. Uh, Oh, well, it seems this author has the same. She says, Mm. I own far too many scarves not to use them. (laughs) Acrylic, wool, pashmina. I even have a fur-lined one, humanely sourced, of course, for special occasions. Today was a mustard cable knit that my godmother made for me a few years ago, and it was perfect. But the leaves are finally starting to change, and there's a chilly breeze blowing through, and all of the beautiful colors of autumn are beginning to shine. Finally, rain or shine, I'd be out there, playing in the woods, making little houses out of twigs and leaves for the fairies, watching the birds and frogs, or trying to catch the little bugs that scattered when I'd turn over an old log. Guess I've always been a little weird. But the smell of wood or peat would always fill the air around the house with whatever Nana had bubbling in the cauldron, mixing in with the lovely scent of home. She would always sing some quiet song to herself when the hearth was roaring, and now I find myself doing it too. Oh my god. This is reading like one of those online recipes that tells an entire novel before the actual recipe. <laughs> I know. I usually hate those, but like, let's see what this author has to say, because it might have to do with the recipe. You never know. That's true. Nana's cauldron seemed to always be on the hearth fire, cooking up some decoction or poultice for the folk of the nearby town. So each day in her idyllic and misty cottage would carry a different scent. St. Peter's Potion, for for upset stomach or throes and fits, blanketing the area in the smell of sweet spice and flowers mixed with the metallic sharpness of cormorant's blood, or the head-spinning miasma of hemlock, poppy, mandrake, vinegar, and boar's bile in the new batch of dwale, in case some poor villager needed to visit the churchin. Although I always loved helping Nana brew, the fumes of Dwale always sickened me as a child, and so Nana would send me instead out into the garden 
down or down to the river to look for snails to salve burns and blisters. I think didn't Nana used to do that? Like wouldn't do you remember when she would send us out for flowers and then she would cook with them? Yeah, but she didn't make medicine out of snail goo. <laughs> True. I wonder if this entry has anything to do with Bridget. Oh, I don't know. Um, don't you think Nana would have like inherited some magical potion making if this was actually a thing? Oh, yeah. But she was really broken up by Bridget's disappearance. She might have put it somewhere in her head. It might have been too painful to think about. That is entirely possible. So, does this witchy author ever get to the damn recipe? Okay, let's <laughs> find out. Oh, goodness. All right. But I always loved helping collect the ingredients, and we would often go foraging for them together. It's fine purchasing or trading for ingredients and reagents when you're starting out. I still think there's nothing quite like gathering or growing or butchering your own. You can always be sure of the authenticity and quality that way. I think it just gets us closer to the whole art of potion making when we have a direct connection to the things we're using. If you don't have the ability to forage, say if you're living in a city, or don't feel that you're ready, I recommend getting to know your local herb seller, spice trader, miller, game hunter, and distiller very well. Pro tip. A gifted filter will go a long way towards making friendships, and the ingredients are easy to come by. Everybody has someone in their life that they want to make an impression on, after all. Today, growing in a thicket of silver birch, I managed to find and pull a lovely mandrake root. Or rather, Kushi did. Kushi? I found out quite by accident some time ago that he seems to be immune to this screaming, and he's since become very good at digging them up for me while I run and hide. He's such a good boy. Well, I really hope Kushi is a dog. Uh-huh. Because if he is indeed a dog, he sounds like the most excellent boy. That makes me miss the darling Ophelia. <sighs> for those that might not know... Ophelia is the adorable shelter mix that our parents adopted a few years ago. It took forever to convince them to get another dog after our first beagle, Misty. Yeah, we were all so heartbroken after her. Dogs are just... They're just so good, and we don't Mm -hmm. deserve them. We haven't been able to see Ophelia since the lockdown started, and she's the most special girl. To summarize, adopt, don't shop. We love dogs here. And I am so happy that this author of this entry seems to have one. Is she going to get to a list or the recipe anytime soon? All right, let's, <laughs> let's see. All right. Since some of the ingredients of these potions will be dangerous to gather, and since not everyone has such a faithful hound. Oh, good. Okay, good, okay, good, good, good. He's, He's a, a dog. <laughs> um, since not everyone has such a faithful hound to help out, I've decided to put together a separate article on foraging for plants and preparing them for use safely. Look for my entry, Everything You Need to Know About Collecting and Preparing Herbs Without Dying or Being Cursed, in the next few weeks. (laughs) That sounds helpful. Uh, Yeah, I would like to not die or be cursed as well. (laughs) Um, Now I've got my own cauldron bubbling away on the hearth while I write this. Kushi happily curled up at my feet. I swear, he either thinks he's a rug or a princess, nothing in between. It's just a basic filter today. A local couple was hoping to spice up their relationship, and I'm happy to oblige. The smell takes me right back to Nana's house, and it 
feels just so right to be here doing the things the way my foremothers did. It's nice to feel connected to that history, to help out my friends and neighbors, and to cozy up to this little piece of what autumn means to me. She just keeps rambling. Are we ever going to get to the potion recipe? I mean, I hope so. But this has been very informative. Think it, of Kushi. Oh, yes, that's that's true. But I would also like to know how she's spicing up this couple's relationship. It might be useful for when quarantine ends and we get to hoe to our heart's delight. Speak for yourself. I will immediately be going to a library when this lockdown ends. <sighs> I miss libraries. We get it. You are a grad student. All right, here. Let me see the book. Okay, here you go. <sighs> All right, let's get back to the entry. Oh, I almost forgot. A quick note on cauldrons. I cannot recommend copper enough. I know it's prohibitively expensive, but it's so good at heat conduction that it's worth it. Cast iron will do just fine though, but be very careful about cleaning and seasoning it immediately between brews. Things tend to want to stick a little more in cast iron, and you do not want any hemlock left in there when you're drying just to make some soup for dinner. Oh god, that sounds like a disaster. It sounds like an Agatha Christie murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also, if you leave it cold for any length of time with anything wet or acidic in it, it will begin to rust. That is true of uh, cast iron. Mm -hmm. uh, Season your cast iron, friends. Very important. Make sure you're getting one large enough for the kinds of brews that you are hoping to make. If you're making large batches of decoctions to bottle up or stock an inventory, you'll want to make sure to get your hands on a pretty large one. Also, you'll want to make sure that your cauldron stand is sturdy enough to support the pot while it's full. Some of the Hearthmouth swing arm stands are really only good for one or two gallon cauldrons. Make sure your stand is sturdy and well affixed to its mounts. Also. Beware of those modern nonstick cauldrons. The coating isn't designed to stand up to open flame, and it can have some pretty horrible reactions with certain ingredients, which will ruin whatever you're trying to make. Sounds awful. It does. Uh, they're really only good for low heat cooking, but even then I'd stay away. It's mostly a marketing gimmick, I think. With that out of the way, take a deep breath of, an, of that sweet fall air, grab a cozy sweater, and get ready to do some brewing. Oh, finally! The moment we've all been waiting for. The recipe. Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. What? The book just says, for recipes, go to pages 132.33.13, 321.03.30, and 6.132.330. No fucking way. Way! Okay, well, let's turn to those pages, right. I guess. Okay, page 132, and it's a completely different entry. What does it say? It says, let me reiterate, <laughs> and it has to do with reed pipes. <laughs> Love word puns. That's great, but it totally doesn't sound like a potion recipe at all. It definitely is not a potion recipe. I bet the other pages also have nothing to do with magic potions. Well, we might as well check. All right. Let me see. Okay. Age 321. Nope. It's just an entry that says, your goose is loose. Oh. And page six. Uh, 
It just says flower picking for lovers, friends, and for enemies. That's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it really is. We went through all of that, and there's no potions recipes. No potions at all. <sighs> but I don't think the recurring numbers of 132 is a coincidence. You're probably right. What if it's a code? A code? Why would the book have a code in a random entry that leads to other entries that are completely unrelated? There could be a secret message that the book is trying to tell us. Or warn us about something. Well, that's ominous. All that dream I had last night got me all kinds of fucked up. We'll have to diffuse some calming oils for you. Um, I think this is really just getting to our heads. Yeah. I wonder, what if our listeners would want to help us out and figure out whether or not these numbers are a code? Ooh, I think that's a great idea. Okay, listeners, uh, we have our first challenge for you. We are going to put pictures of the pages that correspond with these numbers on our socials. Uh, maybe you can all help us figure this out. The numbers that have been given to us are 132.33.13321.03.30 and 6.132.33. We'll circle the sections that match these as well. Happy solving! So send us a message if you figure it out. Considering Ellie's weird dream, there is a slight sense of urgency here. Yeah, but we don't want to terrify the listeners. Or terrify the Ellie, for that matter. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it's just a fun, weird, kooky message that the author of this entry put in there. Although, whatever it is remains to be seen. Remains to be seen seems to be a recurring theme here. Well... This book is shrouded in mystery. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, yeah, and let us know what you think of this puzzle. I'm sure it's got to be a puzzle, right, guys? Like, you're very smart and you'll solve it in minutes. I know it's a code. Come on. Yes. We appreciate you all. Toodaloo. So long. <laughs>